Don't at me. But The Wiz is the greatest movie musical oh. of all time. Don't you say? Well, I'm going to at you and say, have you not seen The Wizard of Oz? And here comes the theme song. Okay. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, welcome to my podcast. Uh, I've been lucky to talk to Lena Waithe uh, about <laughs> a lot of things over the years. Uh, we became really good friends in a writer's group. Uh, and now I'm going to give you a very carefully written, on the lift right here, introduction to Lena Waithe. Being around Lena is being in the presence of authenticity. She's an actress, producer, but a writer first. She's an Emmy winner, style icon, LGBTQIA hero. Lena Waithe is a classic. It's probably why everyone in town wants to work with her, and it's probably why many of you are here today. So welcome, Lena Waithe. Hi. Hi. We are sleepy sounding. No, it's great. It's it wonderful. Is. We were out last night. We were. Okay. Hey, and I get Dancing. to say why. Oh, you can, we can now? I officially can say why. I'm so excited about this. Okay, Lena you was Lena's gonna be in my second feature, guys, which yeah. we just wrapped. Um a movie Justin called, directed me. That's right. A movie called Bad Hair. It is. Uh, and I have to say, Lena's hair in the movie is quite fabulous. It's great. I, so. Right now, I don't have any. Um, but <laughs> we gave yeah. you some, though. You did. You did. <laughs> okay, let's get into the whiz, because this oh, is one Jesus of the things. Okay, there's two things that we have disagreed with. This is how, what every lunch sounds like Oh, yeah. Right it's now. All, we talk it's about Michael Jackson, the whiz. We, do. we talk Whitney. about the Jackson's family, we American about, Dream. We always talk about Jackson 5, American Dream. We talk about that miniseries. <laughs> we do. Angela is in our lives. Miss Bassett. Of course, yes. It's great. Um, okay, wait. But for real, The Wiz and Star Trek The Next Generation are the two things that we chronically disagree, disagree about. about. And I want to settle it here and today. I don't think it's going to be settled. Well, I do. Okay. The Wiz. What Is... you got against black people trying to uh, live their dreams, <laughs> Lena, in the city? Because the truth is, yes. white it's people had more access, wow. and so they did this thing called The Wizard wow. of Oz that I saw first. Wow. So it's like, you know that episode, the throwback episode in Atlanta, where there's like the FUBU and then the fake one? Yes. So I felt you know like what? The Wizard of Oz Don't had the it. actual tag, Don't and do then it. when I saw The Wiz, I was Don't like, do it. is this... But you know what The Wizard of Oz did not have? What's that? It did not have... Michael. Diana, well, it didn't have didn't Michael have Jackson, that, but it didn't have, have Diana Ross neither, Well, and walking Diana's around lit. in a blue nightgown yes giving you tears tears and and emotion and a really well crafted afro oh my god the afro the afro was was spectacular and they didn't even have like the green screen that we have today for that afro like it was like real perfect it was like somebody was there was that was a job yeah and see that was (laughs) somebody's job afro boy how is diana's afro how is it doing yeah so eat it judy garland Uh, um well yeah but and it's also where Michael and Quincy met. I know. And this is yeah. we can't take this away. I mean, that's where we got off the wall. That's where we got thrillers. That's where know. we got bad. I'm grateful for that moment. You gotta be. I'm grateful for that. I just found out recently that 
in order to make the Wiz, Michael and Latoya moved to New oh York God. for this a few years. This is the conversation years. that was happening prior to the walk-up. <laughs> this, is, this is always me. What? This is literally all we... I'm sorry. They this is all we're together? talking about. Um, no, they live you together. You have theories on Michael and I share theories about Whitney that nobody knows. That's we, all we do. By the way, I was in a YouTube... I've been in a Michael Jackson 1987 YouTube hole for Phenomenal. a few weeks. For a few weeks. I've been in like the 1991 era of wow, Whitney. Wow, wow, yeah. wow, wow, wow. Because yeah. now we when know things Bodyguard that we didn't know. And she didn't know what was going to go down and we didn't know at the time some of the things that we do know now oh we didn't do nothing we knew nothing but now we yeah. see anyway we hey yeah. there's other people here too hi guys this is um, what happens when we're at <laughs> one of our homes we're like it's so true anywho the Jacksons. The Jacksons. Circa 72. Did you see uh, I, The Life of Bobby Brown on BET? I didn't see you it. You didn't watch it? No. There's some And not because, some not for like, you know. but whatever. With some what? Some inaccuracies. Inaccuracies? Uh, in my opinion, yeah. About Because I'm a about Whitney Whitney? Oh, like in what? In my opinion, yes. Well, let's get into it. What did they get wrong? What did they mess up? Here's what do you deal. have against BET? I have nothing against BET. <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys will know on Monday why BET is writing checks to me. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, um, yeah, wait, we're gonna know Monday. We don't know already. No, we <gasps> can't say yet. Okay, but Monday we'll all know. There's first been question, whispers. Let me take there's that whispers, off, right. but okay, you know. Let's do this. Go ahead. What are all of the things yes. that you can talk about? I know that you, Lena Waithe, are working on right now. Let's get into that. Okay, I can talk. That about... should take us through to the end of the podcast. <laughs> I know. I can talk about Queen and Saloon, okay. which I'm really excited about, which you've read an early yes. draft of. Brilliant film. Who's directing it? Uh, Melina Masukas is yes. directing it. My sister, my soul sister. And Daniel Kaluuya will be our Woo! Slim. Mm. Um, it's like be a our black leading Bonnie man. and Claude situation. It is, and we have to find our queen. Mm. That is our job. So it's it. Karma Cuba's job. I'm glad it's not mine. Yes, Karma Cuba casting director. The phenomenal casting director, Karma Cuba. She also Cuba. casted my bad, latest film, yeah, bad, bad Hair. We had a great, great relationship. She's phenomenal. She is great. Okay, so Queen anyway, and Slim. So we're doing that. Um, we're going to start filming that late January. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first real movie Like I've written. I've written features but this one I had to like I had to mature as a writer to get to that place to write this movie. What do you think you had to go through to uh, get there? Probably the first season of my show. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, the Shy, like going through all the things that I went through in that and being a first time show creator and being young and black and like trying to assert myself and people maybe sort of counting me out or thinking that I don't know what I'm doing. And so wow. I think in the midst of that- Can you I just, imagine someone counting Lena Waithe out? It's like, not a smart thing to do. It's foolhardy, frankly. they don't realize that I'm a child of God. Uh, oh. So- <laughs> Blessed and anointed. But, uh, but yeah, like so- I was like going through that, but still, you know, being the Barack Obama that you got to be in the yeah. midst of those things. And so, but then when I would go home at night and work on the script, I turned into Malcolm X and just like wow. fold that into the work. And uh, and you've read it. I mean, it's it's very much like I like to call it protest art, but it's mm-hmm. also and the interesting thing is it is a, a heterosexual love story because yeah. someone pitched it to me like the opening, and then I kind of took the opening and ran with it. But You're I kind of like the fact that like that. what heterosexual love. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. heterosexual. As am I. Everything. Yes. Uh, but I like the fact that I can be a proud masculine presenting gay black woman and then mm-hmm. write a movie about a man and a woman that happen to fall in love. Well, you also happen to be like a writer, you know. True, but I do think there is this thing that happens. 
when you're a, a queer person of yeah. color, like everything you do, like has to come through that lens. Yeah. And I think that it's cool and fine and great, but for me, I like to sort of keep people guessing. Like the fact that I have Queen and Slim, and then like Twenties, we're shooting the pilot for Twenties guys. Y'all uh, know about Twenties? Yeah, man. Come on, it's get into finally, it. Finally, first week of October. This Justin was supposed to do it, but he got a little busy. So another Justin is directing it. <laughs> Justin Tipping, who was fantastic and stepped in, you know, because for a long time I was just like, you know, me and Justin thought we were gonna be able to do it together, but obviously because Justin got busy. But we, but I really found our groove and our our thing, and I think it's gonna be a beautiful pilot. And then hopefully we'll get a series order. That's um, amazing. Yeah, and uh, and then yeah, I'm gonna be doing some acting, but I can't say what that is mm-hmm. yet. But also too, there's a thing that has to do with Mary Tyler Moore that I kind of want to. Whoa! Do. Yeah. I actually because, didn't know that. Yeah, like I think I think I, it's like all we're working on it, but yeah, she's, I want to do a documentary about her and her. She's impact not like on television your house kind of mother, stuff. but she's pretty close. Like she's, she's one of the, she's, you know, she's in the, the house. Yeah, she's, she's in, in the, the house. house. She's like in the upper level she's, of the yeah, house. Yeah, she's too. there. Yeah, her portraits are there. It's mm-hmm. amazing. R. Not R. the mother, but not the queen mother. Queen Whitney's mother is mother, Whitney. Right? Whitney yeah, is the mother. Okay. She birthed and uh, uh-huh. okay. went through labor. House of Houston. House of Houston. Obviously, I know. We used to be Brown House, and now it's House of Houston. Um, so wow. Okay, it, I feel like your the, house was never Brown House. There's a shade. Hey guys, okay. so anyway. you're listening. You are uh, listening to Crawford a- House. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, if you get that, you know, I get that was, it. Okay. Where's my tea? Well, you can add you know me. I don't know. Coffee. Is there some tea in here? Because we get the. There's sip no that. tea, honey, but there's coffee oh, in so, here. Well, shit, this is a smoothie. Want to sip that? That my lovely assistant hooked that up. Mm. Um, so anywho, so yeah, we worked on a bunch of stuff, man. Like I just, to me, it's about keeping people guessing and surprising them. I think um, because you can get stuck in a space. It's like I always say, I don't want to just be. I want to be more than one episode of television. Yeah. Uh, and um, but also I want to be more than just the black girl in that Spielberg movie or, or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like I mean it's that's easy to cra- put you in those places. That's what's crazy to me is a lot of people learned about you through Master of None, uh-huh. um, where you played Denise, yep. and also which I think is probably my favorite character, like separate of it being you, mm-hmm. and wrote a huge episode with Aziz called mm-hmm. the thing. It was Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and you won an Emmy for that. Yeah, low key. Yeah, first black low-key. woman to ever win an Emmy I know. for comedy writing. Crazy. Um, is it your fault that this year's Emmys was a lot whiter? I think so. Okay. Me mm-hmm. and Donald. Don't it, put. It was like a mm, Donald mostly you and you know? Riz. It was like the backlash. I feel like oh, of yes. Lena Way. They're like guys. There's too many to be black people. Guys, Miss Maisel. We too gotta. Many. We gotta undo we've gotta what have we've done. A, Jewish story told from the 1950s. Shout out to Miss Maisel. Shout it out looks to fantastic. everyone at Amazon. Um, okay, this business woman over no, here. No, I mean also I'm with. We have a project at Amazon oh, called Them, which oh. is all about like the Them's of our society. Oh, that actually sounds yeah. amazing. Them we may sounds have to scoop amazing. you to come and like you know do some directing. Yeah, I like it's phenomenal. Being scooped. Okay, perfect. Listen, we'll just do the deal away. right now. Come on, Justin. I do have a I do have a Lionsgate um oh. you know partnership, so we'll you have do. to work it out with. I mean, I have a first look at Showtime. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Lena, remember when we were like super broke? Though? We had to eat at Five Guys all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, ha- for a while it was had to, but then you kept eating there. I know. And I'd be I'd like, like I'd, what's wrong time, with eating at Five Guys? There are times when I made dinner for Lena. <laughs> and I'd be like, Oh, no, you like, did. Like yeah. legitimately, like I'd like, come over. I'd made like I remember making like a meat sauce you for did. like hours. Yeah, like it had a little bit of wine in it. Yeah, it had like you know. And I don't real, drink the devil's nectar. Well, it fine. was cooked though, and it had you know DPO tomatoes up in there, don't and it was those. like in the oven. Not a fan of tomatoes. It was a whole thing, and you came through with like 
a double hamburger with yeah. cheese and I'm Cajun probably fries. Bacon on there. Yeah. You ate it unapologetically, I <laughs> might I add. <laughs> always. And Apple TV would always be going. Always going. Well, you know what? Jackson Family American Dream was always going. Always. That's on. what we would watch. And just like, you know, quote it and like, like say it back to the TV. How many times do you think does Angela Bassett mm. ask someone to go to bed in that movie? About 18 times. About 18 times. Go to, to bed. bed. Go to bed, Joseph. Go, go to bed. It's brilliant. They're international stars. They've traveled all over the world. All over the world. They have millions of fans. They have millions of dollars. Okay, oh what are you God. doing? It's just like... We're living in their house that they built. Okay? It The best part was when Latoya was like, you didn't even know what they were. Wow. That Latoya? Woo! That, whoever that actress is, I was like, damn, that is a Listen, choice. people forget. People sleep on that movie, uh-huh. Okay. People sleep on them, but it got us through some dark times. It did. I remember we talked about this recently, but like there were like very specific. <laughs> was it Nia or was it you that put together the instructions to get through to the Vietnamese unemployment line? That was Nia. Nia, okay. Who told us and we passed because it down. We were unemployed. Very. And uh, the checks, some funds. the checks were held up for reasons were, unknown. Yeah, we struggled. You had your Echo. Oh, I had the Toyota Echo. Echo you did. She... I had the broke down Infinity truck, but it's Oof, all good. Girl, the me- the amazing the thing AC about. Didn't work. The amazing thing about that time for me, that because uh-huh. you know, I wish people could know you that version of you, uh-huh. because you are and were at the time one of the most resilient people that I know. And I remember somebody asking me, "What do you think Lena's secret is?" This was recently. Somebody uh-huh. was asking me, like, "How does she do all of these things?" Uh-huh. And I said, "You know, I think part of it is that Lena can hold uncomfortable feelings." Uh-huh. At like and tolerate them for an amount of time and not let them distract her. Mm. You used to tell me that fear and faith can't exist at the same time, and you choose faith. And I remember, like, you were baroque, honey, but you would never stop paying for cable because that was your. This is because my that job. Was your li- but that was your life. Yeah, that like, was your job. Canceling cable, like canceling my dream. Yeah, it's true. And yeah. that cable bill stayed on. And now it's like just ridiculous. Now, and like now I have channels that no one's even heard of. Yeah, I, do, I don't even. Like, I like cable just because it's comforting. I don't yeah. know what's on it. I never watch it. Um, it's yeah, but I have it. That sounds really just in case. really wasteful, and it is. I don't know. Um, like there may be a show on Epics that I have to tune that into. you have to tune into immediately. Yeah, but I remember that time because we had this. I don't know if I should. I don't know if it's politically correct, but the show's called Don't At Me. But we'd call each other and say, "Hey, are you on watch?" Yeah, yeah. Because you know it was hard. It's the thing I think, but that is what I tell people about the most important thing you can have in this business is community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have to bounce stuff off people, and you yeah. have to have someone to send a script to. You have to have someone, and I always felt like you have more talent than me. Like you have, you're there are things that you're good at that I'm not, and I think that I'm always. And there's things that well, you're good at that versa. I'm not going to be good at. Like, but you know vice what I'm saying? versa, too. Yeah, you know but, but I feel like that is a thing that I think is good and that I can watch you and admire things that you're doing and learn from you. And then when I send you a script, you're going to tell me things about it that I would not be aware of on my own. Mm. And I think that a lot of people, it's good to have people where you are, but it's also good to have people that are like a little bit here so you yeah. can rise to the occasion. Because even look, like Donald, like, but I always tell Donald, I'm like, motherfucker, I look up to you, brother. Yeah. Like, but that is like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think he's like, but we like, and I'm like, no, but I always want to have people around that I can go, well, I have to rise to the occasion when I'm around. Because if you have too many people that are just on the same wave as you, you're going to keep doing the same shit. Right. But the, but the other thing, too, is, you know, it's the give and the take. That's what mm-hmm. Sidney Lumet mm-hmm. called it. Sidney Lumet, director of The Wiz. Okay. 
Sidney Lamette would say, you know, he really enjoyed people that he could give and take with, people yeah. who, you know, he, he could creatively disagree with mm -hmm. and fight it out and figure it out with. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've been so blessed to have that friendship with you because likewise, I always send you my scripts as mm -hmm. well for the same reason. Yeah. Like, I got to get the Lena Wave notes. You <laughs> no, know? No, like, it's like an important, random pitches. And it's, like, a, it's an important yeah. part of the project. Yeah, like, same here. It is. Same. But what I want to know... Is it was it just innate in you? Is it something that you had to learn? Like when you would go and look at your bank account and go, well, that's not going to last <laughs> that's for a negative. week. That's okay. that's that's a minus sign. Mm. I'm starving, and yet you would still sit there and put in the time, mm -hmm. and you would still crank out. I mean, I've read so many scripts of yours mm -hmm. that are fantastic, and they they were just getting you ready for the things that people are starting to know about mm. now. Yeah, the stuff that no one will ever see. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know we both kind of have little vaults. I feel like yours is bigger than mine. I feel like you're very you're like probably the most prolific person that I know. You are constantly putting out material and it's excellent. Um how Thanks, do you, mentally, how do you do that? How do you compartmentalize cuz I I struggle with that to this mm. day. Yeah, I mean no, it is draining, mind mm. you. Um cuz I think and I, I think you you know that. Um but I think too it's it's interesting when the muse comes, I just try to, you know, sit with it. Yeah. and allow it to move through me. And the truth is is like I always say that that the scripts are of me, but they don't come from me. Mm -hmm. Because I really do believe a higher power is using me and my body and this laptop to get stories out to the world that need right. to be told. Right. And also, too, it's just like whatever's wrestling in my spirit, whatever's in my head, I have to get it out. Yeah. So I just have to write it down and like figure it out. And like that's why I also write really fast. Cause I mm -hmm. just it's like it's I I can't, I don't want to hold the stories captive in my body. Right. So I just like try to get them out as quickly as I can. And and also there's this level of trusting myself. I've gotten to this point where it's funny because somebody was asking Alana, like, is it hard living with a writer? Because most writers are neurotic. And, she and, was like, and for the listeners Oh, here we go. Home. Alana Who's, Aisha Who is Mayo. Alana? That is my fiance. <gasps> uh, yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm very lucky to call her that. She basically is like, well, Lena's not neurotic about it. She goes, babe, I'm going to go write. Go upstairs, write the script, sends it out. And then it's like, okay, the production dates are. But the truth is, it's like that, I, I you, don't. It is just like that. <laughs> no, you don't well, make it, you know what? You don't make it complicated. Mm, yeah. Okay. Like I, I am learning to do that. Mm. But I think that really is the thing is that a lot of people make it complicated. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. I can't write because I have to right. take this class or I have right. to learn this first or it's or just it's not hard ready. or it's going to die. This, it's not uh... ready. And I had somebody send me an email. I'm first excited. of all, don't guess people's emails and send them scripts, y'all. Don't do it. Don't okay? Do it. Like, it's not cute. It never no. is cute. I'm no, sorry. I'm not going to read them. Yeah, some of y'all might be here. Okay. Ah! The carefully worded email, it was cute. Okay. But the fact that Send you your said, script to the blacklist. But I, you know, somebody asked me, you know, would I read their screenplay? I, okay. I, and typically I get these emails like when it's announced that I have a job. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're like, uh, like sir? the least available I am is right, when I right, get right, right. some of these. But I'll, I, you know, someone sent me a script and said, hey, I, I really want your feedback on this. And mm -hmm. I politely wrote, or I thought politely wrote back, maybe a little shade. You know, hey, I'm busy. Probably, probably a shade. <laughs> and I, and I read and write scripts for a living. Mm -hmm. Like it's what I get paid to do. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately I don't have time to read yours for free. Mm -hmm. But you can go to the blacklist. That's you right. Know, yeah, that's blacklist. 75 bucks, get professionals eyes on it, da, da, da. Yeah. And then they said, but I don't think it's good enough. Mm. And I thought, the well, if it wasn't there? good enough for the blacklist, why are you sending it? What do you oh, think yeah. of me? Right? They're like, <laughs> what must you think of me? You're the first step. <laughs> you're the first uh, step of this journey. But people make it complicated, and the truth yeah. is, you're never going to get better unless you do it. 
No, yeah. And the thing is, is like, that's why I'm a big book. But also, too, I'm very, I feel very blessed. I know you did too. It's like, we went to school for it. We got to mm-hmm. take classes and we got to learn the basics. And then we get to go color outside of the lines, which we, we've done in our careers. But you know, you don't go to school for tenacity. No, that's true. And you don't go to school for stick to itiveness. Yeah. But oh, these yeah. are things that or you also need. also, just like, you know, just an unwillingness to, to give up. You mm-hmm. can't learn that, you know, or, yeah. or drive or, or this. And that's the thing. It's like, I can't put a fire into somebody's belly right so it's like and that's they gotta have takes. that yeah that's what you have to cultivate oh yeah and i still have one yeah so what people don't realize when you start and and you like you got that fire it's like i'm over here you know got a little few accomplishments and i still got the fire yeah. So that's what you up against. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you got motherfuckers that ain't willing to let go of their throne. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're still trying to get in the palace. Yeah. So you really got to be on your P's and Q's and on your shit. And like, I'm, and mind you, I'm still learning. I'm, I'll watch movies and TV shows and go, oof, that's good. Oh, okay. I see what they did there. Okay. I need to step my game up in that space. Yeah. Like, I'm, or, or reading scripts and like saying things and going, ooh, I love how they played on the page there and things like that. Because so many people, I think, are so eager to say they're a writer. They're so eager to say they're a director. Yes, ma'am. Say they're producing. Yes, ma'am. But they're not really doing what it takes to be good at that thing. But you know what? I want to do, I want to say this though. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy because, you know, writing really does involve facing the worst parts of yourself. Oh my God. It's you a therapy to, session with yourself. It, and sometimes therapy is really uncomfortable. Very. And sometimes nothing not is hard. coming. Nothing is right, landing right. on the page or you know, you're writing and it's some bullshit. Like, uh-huh. you know, I th- that's the honestly that is the key, in my opinion, to writing. I, and I think that's the difference between great writers and not great writers. And, and the best news about that is that you can cultivate that. You can actually practice that. Uh-huh. Like, you know, when the work is bad and you know it's bad and it's just coming out of you like bad, like you ate some. You right. know, um, the ability to just sit there in your own shit, right, and literally. keep writing. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> that honestly, that however many hours you spend is like money in the bank. Like it just put it in your savings account. You don't get to spend it yet, mm-hmm. but trust me, like that's the skill set. But the truth is, the thing is, it's the hardest thing to teach someone, it which is. is that your your trauma is perfect fodder for your material. Absolutely. Because the truth is, and I think that is, I think, a gift that only a few people have, mm-hmm. which is they can look at their self in the mirror and see all their flaws and blemishes and literally take each one and then put it on the page. And Most so people look at their flaws and blemishes and go, oh, yeah, those are my flaws and blemishes. And let me come up with this cool idea about this movie over here and write this thing. And so when I read that thing, like, I don't feel anything. Yeah. But when somebody takes their flaws and blemishes and puts them on the page and I read it, I go, huh, that touches me, even though that's not my experience. Because either way, trauma is trauma is trauma is trauma. So if you write about yours, then I'm going to be able to relate to it because I have my own. Because humanity, sadly, I mean, the human experience is traumatic. Yeah. And when you read somebody's flaws on a page, it makes you go, oh, my God, there's a human being that I'm uh-huh. reading. This is a yeah. real person. Yeah. Um, but not even just the flaws, just the, like, self-doubt. You oh, know yeah, what I'm saying? All like, of it. You said this, and I think it's very, it's very accurate, is that getting your own TV show is like getting beat to death by your own dream. Correct. Because it doesn't matter if the work is not coming out good. No. That shit is due, okay? Yeah. If you don't turn it in, the show don't get made, and you lose your dream. Here's Bye. the brilliant thing. If you put me, Justin, and Issa, and Donald all at this table, we'd all be complaining about our shows <laughs> like, and all of our <laughs> issues that we have. I think because people say, oh, that's my dream. I want that. And I'm like, but, but that's, to me, the true crux of this business is 
like the thing that you want when you get it, it's not what you thought it would be. But, and then it's about you then finding peace in that and still being good at it and still loving your craft until folding, folding into yourself until you get the next thing and the mm-hmm. next thing and the next thing. It's like when people say making it or getting there, it's like there <laughs> or it is fucking hell. There's no there. Well, it's the, hell. well that's why. And then it's about you finding joy within that space. And that's why you got to get good at writing bad. Mm. And you got to get good at it right now because right. it's still going to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> With a lot more pressure. Oh yeah. And a lot more money on the line. And like, deadlines and all that kind of stuff. Those days that you just don't want to write. And while you're write, doing that, like, there's an exec that you can't stand that you oh, got to be nice stand. to, and you got a writer on your show that yeah. like is not turning their stuff in on time. There's, yeah, there's you politics. Got on a top line of producer it. that's like hiding the budget from you. I mean, it's just like there's another. Thing. Yeah. And then you come home and your partner's like, "You ain't spend time with me." It's like, okay, yes. well, you know, so. I, can relate to that oh, as well. Oh, my um, honey. Okay, because I want to be like for TV. I've never experienced it. No. I just I've heard that that's the relationships no. are perfectly fine. Everything's fine. Everything's, Everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything's great, <laughs> Everything's guys. So great. Um, oh Jesus. No, but but like yeah. learning how to tolerate a awful situation yeah. and write anyway. If it starts bad, that's where it starts. But and, you, still... and you can't complain because you're the person sitting at the head of the table. <laughs> you really it's can. your show. I mean, you can, but like can, it really won't get you too much. The shine no is great about being away. I can't look at nobody oh, else and oh, say, "What are we doing with Brandon show? this season?" Right. Oh, that's so sad. You have oh, your own TV show. Sorry, oh you're getting checks. Um, you yeah, have an so Emmy? it's like. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like, but that is, that's the business. That's the part of it. That's the thing. And so I think, but also too, what I try to teach people is like, because some folks don't know what bad writing is. So they're writing badly and aren't aware of it. Mm -hmm. They're sending it out and they're not getting the response they want. So to me, it's it's like, I look at it as like food. It's about making sure your palate is sophisticated. Mm. Because if all you take in is McDonald's, then when someone puts a filet mignon in front of you, it tastes weird. So my goal is always to sort of give my mentees filet mignon as much as possible. And so that way they, then after a while, that's why I tell them it's like, yeah, you can watch guilty pleasure shows, mm-hmm. but try to check out, you know, Handmaid's because Tale. Try I, to watch Mad Men. Try I to watch really... Marcella Moore show. Try to watch, you know, these shows that like will give you nourishment, and you yeah. can kind of go, ooh, that's interesting. Like watch Moonlight a bunch of times. Go watch Network. Go watch All About Eve. Like because mm. my oof. palate is so odd and weird, mm-hmm. and I think it's the reason why it gives me this space to bob and weave and move in these rooms where I'll be talking about things that you know that people references that people aren't even aware of, and I'm like, yeah, because that. I, I, I'm, I do this. Like I go to school every day when I'm at my house. But to be clear, we can still have McGriddles, right? Oh, uh, what's in a blue moon? I don't do the lunch menu, but mm. <laughs> I'll do a fish fillet. Whatever they day, put in that sausage, man, it's not. That it's fillet probably, of fish be getting me. It's probably like bad for my health and the climate in some way, uh, and, but and the environment. Period. They found a way to put syrup balls in the bread. I know. You know, it's like how am I going to resist that? You gotta do it. <laughs> What's your like uh, sort of like movie homework geeky thing? Like me uh-huh. at Filmstruck, I've become obsessed. With I know Lana loves that. Freaking love it. What do you What do you watch when uh, you're at home? Like what are you watching right now? Oh, what I'm obsessed with that Drew Michael uh, mm. comedy special on HBO Ooh, that Gerard Carmichael directed. Haven't seen it. Everyone should watch it. It's phenomenal. I've seen wow. it three times. Okay. I would like. To, we, we're literally not having a conversation that we would have had at a restaurant, but like, it is fucking. Phenomenal. Why? This motherfucker did a stand-up comedy special with no audience. What? It's like a stream of consciousness. What? 
And this, I've never even heard of this guy. I mean, he wrote on, he used to write on SNL. Like, he apparently has like a hearing loss that he had when he was a kid. And so, like, now his hearing is affected. And so, he talks about having that disability and how people are like weird about that disability and like aren't kind about it. I love disability. Oh, yeah. He has one. He talks about his emotional inability to be in a healthy relationship. But, but it's, he goes in. But it's a stand up comedy special. Make no mistake. Like, is it hilarious? It's, that's the weird thing. It's like, at one point, it's serious. And then you're laughing. And then it's serious again. There's like performance art happening. It's called, Drew Michael, it's on HBO, and I think it's revolutionized. That's my shit. Stand up comedy. Um, are you watching Random Acts of Flyness? Of course I am. Oh my God. Are you kidding? That show? The fact, I kind of feel like, because the fact that we've been knowing Terrence since, for a long time. For the longest time. And congrats to him on Space Jam, you know, the reboot of Space oh, Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's congrats. phenomenal. Congrats. Um, Terrence, Ryan Coogler, producing. This weekend. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That came out mm-hmm. today. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And I spoke to Ryan about that project a while back, and I just remember thinking, like, you know, this. That's so so great and so amazing. He, but but yeah, but I think it's going to be fantastic. But Random Acts of Finest does this Chow. thing. Random Acts, Random Acts, it does this thing where it's like, oh, I didn't know we could do that, and I didn't know that that's how it could look or that's how it could feel. And Terrence is that cousin He's that, that like when he sees the line, he like rips it up and then runs the other way. Yes, for the podcast listeners at home, I found a line on the table and I pointed to the other side of it. <laughs> Envision it. That motherfucker is brilliant. He's brilliant. He's the, really brilliant. The uh, White Thoughts. Woo! Uh, John Hamm. Yeah, the White Thoughts with John Hamm skit, honestly. Crazy. That's how you changed, know John Hamm. It changed me. It honestly did. It made me think about whiteness totally differently. And it branded whiteness in a way that I think white uh. people would find repulsive. <laughs> Which I, was the brilliance of that skit, I here's, here's the thing. Justin and I got a sneak peek of the pilot. That was the word because we saw it a little yeah. bit early. And so we were like out in the world. People, I was like, nobody, know, nobody, nobody knows, knows what this is. So <laughs> they I was don't at, know. They don't know yet. So I was at this uh, the, the Vanity Fair viewing party thing for the Oscars, whatever Girl, you call okay. it. okay. I was Shut at up. the Vanity. Who else was so, there? So Hallie was there. Okay. Uh, it's all okay. Right. So... Yeah. I see John. Yeah. So, it, so he, I was, I was like, I to go up to so him. So John and I. John and I. <laughs> I say, well, no, I go up to his ass. I'm like, John. I was like, okay, I want to say something crazy. He's like, okay. I was like, I saw a random act supply this early. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're amazing. You're a real one. I'm like, you're a fucking ally. He, he just like goes in. He's like, Terrence is genius. Oh I felt God. lucky to be a part of it. And I was just like, yes. Yeah. So now every time I see him, it's like the blackest fucking interaction ever. Do you understand? <laughs> Do you understand that when White Thoughts came on in my living room, Come on. I paused it. And left the house. <laughs> oh my god! I thought for a minute. I spoke to my ancestors. Yes! I walked back into the house and oh finished. Oh my gosh! It. <laughs> there's so many the things. Oh, there's so many so things. Good. This is the fucking Renaissance. Like you call it, Terrence Brian telling me about Space Jam. But you know, but that is that is something that I love about us is that yeah. we're not playing that crabs in the barrel bullshit. This, this generation is, is putting an end to it. We don't care for it. Because we genuinely, yeah, like each yeah. other, care about each other, um, you know. And, 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 I, and I get yeah. so much from having the tribe Oh, my God. Around, like hanging you know? out with Issa or Donald and like, you know, I remember when Donald had like a little salon thing he did. Like I think it was BET Weekend. Getting Element. Barry Jenkins notes on the script. Oh, I know you because he saw Moonlight, like early cut of Moonlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, I remember you called me and you were like, "Lena, this Girl. is next level." Yeah, you're not ready. And I was like, "I'm still I'm not ready." ready. And I've seen I was like, like, I'm, four I've been times. waiting because Barry. I've been on Barry since Medicine for Melancholy. I know, same. And um, and uh, and I got to see Moonlight. I remember going. I was in New York. I happened to be in New York because we we're filming uh, Master. Guys, Nun. Lena's really famous. No, shut so. up. 
No, I was in New York and I and it was coming out and I was it was the first night and I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go do it. Yeah. And I, like I like went by myself. I was like, bye Aziz, I gotta go do this thing. And so and I <laughs> went, bye, peace. And I went and uh and he did the QA and I could tell Barry Sauber the audience, it was like, Lena, are you it what? What are you doing here? I was like, Man, I'm here supporting. Man. We're here. This is amazing. That movie, you know, I this is what it's about for me. Seeing seeing like that story. A queer story of a black man who grew, grows up in a world where being gay and being black and being a man are not things you can be at the same time. Oh, and seeing, so, like, the scenes of him at the beach, mm-hmm. you know, with yeah. his yeah. sort of like, high school or middle school weird, awkward, yeah, it's like not sort of love thing. Yeah, I never even dreamed, never even imagined that I would see aspects of myself oh. that specific yeah. on the screen like i never even wrote it down in a wish list like yeah. it never occurred to me as a mm-hmm. thing i would see mm-hmm. and it was it's such a profound experience because uh, i leave the theater feeling more human mm. i feel more human after seeing get out yeah you know? yeah same and i feel more alive after seeing get more out. alive and i think that that's the power of what's happening right now is that it's not just quote-unquote black stories no. it's human stories with black skin yes and people are realizing oh those are human beings as well. Yeah. And I get to go, oh, I'm a human being as well. These are not yeah. feelings that I have to sort of compartmentalize anymore. Right. You know, yeah. from the other parts of me. Yeah, because I think when you don't see yourself, you start to feel invisible. Yeah. And I think that, but because to me, it's not enough just to have black people in the roles on TV, but they need to be flawed and layered and and um, and mixed up and, and trying to figure that out because white people have that. Yeah. We still are struggling, I think, to have it. Because the funny thing is, is like, there's not a ton of black dramas. There's a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those black dramas people consider to be guilty pleasures. Um, others are trying to be so like prestigious. What? Shut the fuck up. So, uh, so, but the funny thing is, like, we have like comedies in spades. We got that galore. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got. And comedies. somebody was asking, I said, "Why is that?" I said, "Because it's easier for white people to laugh with us. Oh no, rather than to sit with us. It's true. And to contemplate with us. All white and to people grieve with us. No, not all white people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Because we still don't have a black Handmaid's Tale. We still don't yeah. have a black Game of Thrones. I'm going to be honest, though. Do you want one? I don't need a Black Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> black Handmaid's Tale is roots for white people. I agree with Michael yeah, Shea. It is roots for white women specifically. But and I'm here for it, by no, the way. Handmaid's Tale like, is brilliant. Gobbled it up from beginning to end. But the truth is, it's like we say that about Atlanta. We can look at Atlanta and go, yes, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. But look, I'm waiting for us to have that as an hour. I don't even think the shy fits into that necessarily. The shy mm. still, look, I think we're trying, you know, but the shy is very much like some black people shit in Ooh, Chicago. Okay. Which is what I wanted to write. Speak on it. You know what I'm saying? And I think we're getting that point across. Great. Be, I'm just trying to show black people existing in the south side of Chicago. As, as you know they exist. And that's enough. And, and we're, you know, trying to make it more authentic and more as artful as we can. But yeah. that's like me growing into that. And then 20s hopefully will be something else. But I, that's why I'm excited about that because there has never, like just us making this pilot as revolutionary. Because there's mm-hmm. never been a show where a lead, the protagonist was a queer woman of color. No. And so, and, and there and never should be one, Lena. No, fuck that. I'm trying to get we into do an that. argument. Um, we're going to do it. Too bad. So, you were talking about still being hungry. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. With everything that you have going on, what is it that you still want to do? Oh, man. I still, I think I, I want to be in a position where I have a body of work that I can do anything. Mm. And I ain't there yet, but yeah. I will be. Anything you want to do. Anything I want to do. And there's some things that I want to happen that are outside of me, but the fact that we have had a black president of the United States but still have not had a president of a major studio sure. in Hollywood. Yeah. 
is kind of telling because at the end of the day, because that's, that's what, almost even more powerful. Because, because that's what parity would actually look like. And that's what people, you uh-huh. know, when you go like, well, are, you're in a black renaissance. Isn't it so exciting? Yeah, it's exciting, yeah. but we're not anywhere near parity. Parity yeah. would look like ownership. Oh, yeah. There would be a lot of white people owned... made a lot of money off of Black Panther. Yeah. There'd be several Ryan owned... made some money, but a lot of white folks made a lot more. A lot of white folks made some money. There'd yeah. be... You know, Tyler Perry's got his facility out in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Ava has a Ray. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there'd be like a black universal, blue universal, I'd yeah, like it to be on. called. Um, you know? You know, Blair Amount. <laughs> Blocus? Blocks. Yeah. <laughs> Blocus Bleachers. Blind's Gate. Um, <laughs> Blind's Gate. <laughs> I want Blind's Gate. Come on. We're going to make rest. a movie about black people. But that's what parody would look like is if, right. you know, black folks, queer folks, Latinos, Asian folks, like we're we own green lighting positions. We were in green lighting positions. We still we go in to, to try to, because that's the thing. We got to go in and pitch our black, queer, whatever stories to white, straight people. Yes. Which means that our stories are almost always gradiented, indexed rather, oh, yeah. against whiteness. Uh-huh. And I'll even, look, I'll own the fact that like in Dear White People, you know, part of the appeal is seeing black people speak in this hyper-articulate way. They're dressed really well. Mm -hmm. They're at this Ivy League school. There's an air of whiteness about Mm -hmm. the characters that make it appealing to bigger audiences or to Mm -hmm. white folks or even to black folks who have aspirations to be there. Right. Um, And I think that, you know, we kind of sneak in a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I was going to say, it's also like the blackish on television too. But we're still, we still have to be somewhat subversive, I find. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we have to, it's not really the market. It's not what the market demands. Because the truth is, we all know that the market can be told what it likes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We tell the market what it wants. So, But we are really at the whim of what a very small group of white people mm-hmm. believe oh, about yeah. the market. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's always pumped through that lens. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think the more powerful you get, the less they can really say. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the real color that matters in this town is green. It's green. So if you're successful, they're like, they want to be a part of that. Yeah. You know, another thing I've learned that another color people like is gold. Because mm. the fact that, you know, you get that Emmy, then all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, let me let me get to the- They do like get gold, close to the magic. They do. You know, so- I went with Lena to H&M on <laughs> concert y'all lena is famous as hell okay that's lena. my it is that low-key is my demo if i'm going anywhere. it was i didn't realize i was like but oh girl, this is gonna be interesting it was like it was like a fellini movie like everyone was like who's that who's that who's that who's that oh, it's we, me we were also like, no 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 because no. we were also in a boot we were uh, like a, a box uh, <laughs> wild yeah with we laverne like, cox and we were, donald glover and donald glover but i'm looking around honey and everybody was looking at you and like everywhere we went there were people who were like oh no <laughs> like that you didn't Justin see because they didn't dare this. speak to you shut the fuck up that's how famous you are shut bitch. up man it was fantastic I will uh, <laughs> well yeah well it was a lovely date that we were on it, it was, was amazing it was people were looking special. at you too they're like oh that's the dude that did do white nah, people one person one person like oh hey um <laughs> no can I talk to Lena like no. that was some of that no going no, on. no 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 do you no. know Lena? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, be- the most brilliant. Well, first of all, that was an amazing night. It was great. It was. Um, and but that, so, no. Speaking of Renaissance, I really that was a Renaissance moment because like was. we were like in this box, like Laverne was getting her entire life in entire life, and, and Donald is there in pajamas, in pajamas, <laughs> contemplating blackness and existentialism. Oh, he's always asking deep Loved questions. It. Loved it. 
And you're like, Donald, I don't have the uh, the, the brain capacity right now to but answer we will, that. We will the explore I need them, to, I hope, in we'll season three. figure it out later, yes. But, like, so we're dancing. I'm looking at Janelle. Janelle's, like, to me, like, on a whole nother level right now. She's killing it. Giving everything. Everything. And Laverne it just, is taking it. Laverne is taking it. <laughs> Donald is in it. Like, and I'm just, like, in it. Yeah. And I was like, this is what the Renaissance looks like. Yeah. You know, this is what, like, it must have felt like, you know, when Baldwin and Zora and Lorraine were hanging out. The, what it really looked like to me, though, is we got to go... We got to go backstage. Oh, Jesus. Um, we and did. when I say we, I mean I, because I just kept walking briskly behind <laughs> Lena. And uh, <laughs> with a brisk pace. Yes. And, uh, I'm like, come on, let's go. Get it. Come on, come on. Keep up. My favorite moment was backstage. And like oh, two minutes, like no, not even, like a minute, <laughs> mm, like 30 seconds went by. Oh, God. And you grasp Janelle's hand. I did. And you say, I want to give a word to you. Yes. I'd like to pour into you for a second. That's and I giggled. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, Lena, come on. What? No. But then you did. <laughs> and within a minute or so, we were all in tears. Yeah. And that one-on-one connection, and she's so human and so cool and so down to earth, Mm -hmm. and being able to have that conversation that we had Mm -hmm. about what, how important it is to tell these stories and to get our lives out there, to me, that's what makes it special because I don't really care about being famous or being whatever, like... Being what you know, someone told me successful looked like. I like you. I just want to find a way to tell stories that I want to tell yeah. and have the agency to do that. You know, without having to like you know run myself into the ground. Right. Yeah. That to me is like the goal, and and I think that that's so special because I think it's our humanity that we're getting to show. You know, mm-hmm. we we get to stand on the shoulders of um, all the people, that other filmmakers, and yeah. people who frankly had to be really loud or really broad right. or really whatever, commercial, whatever. We get to stand on their shoulders and yeah. go, okay, so many people are taking advantage of it. Yeah, and we're all like some, the same age, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we all were influenced by a lot of the same things. We were watching mm-hmm. a lot of the same stuff. We were listening to a lot of the same things. Yeah. So how we interpret that into our art, and it's like, and then we try to make something new and something fresh because we want to make people feel how those things that we saw made us feel. Correct. Um, that really is the goal, is to make something that won't just be good now, but it'll be good 20 years from now. I think that ultimately is always sort of what I'm thinking. Like, is this timeless or is this just something I'm writing right now for shits and giggles? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Which I think everyone would be cool with some shits and giggles. Lena, yeah, that's true. You know. Fair enough. Um, okay. Are you still having fun, real talk? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How do you keep it fun? Um, I, it, working with people that I love. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm very particular now about who I'm hiring and who's around me because I have to protect my soul yeah. and my spirit in this space because I can't create and be free if I'm not in a happy space. And so mm. that is a bit... And also, I'm very blessed in that because I'm in a certain position. Now, I can kind of say, like, no... It's either this person or nothing. And now they're like, uh, okay, all right. Yeah. But the cool thing about that is I get to give people opportunities that otherwise wouldn't get them. Yep. So I can say, yeah, that black guy over there I think is ready for this. That black woman over there is ready to direct this thing. Like, in fact, that our friend's going to direct a pilot of a mm-hmm. show that mm-hmm. I'm being is, is it's phenomenal. Huge. And, and be- she's ready for it, too. You know? Absolutely. And I feel like you know we've gotten to do that with our casting as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, People talk a lot about dear white people and mm-hmm. the shy. And I was like, well, what's your secret of casting? I'm like, I'm giving people... Who are clearly talented and have deserved the shot yeah. forever. A shot. Yeah. It's not it's not like rocket science. No. You know, it's like there's a lot of black people on the bench, okay, yeah. who are fucking ready to go oh, yeah. into the game. 
Yeah, and there's and there's also like a part of our, you know, I think our job is to be able to see talent. Mm-hmm. It's to be able to look at someone and go, okay, they going, they going, they getting there. Or somebody's saying like, okay, you still got more work to do. You need to be working, but I'm going to keep an eye on you and we'll circle back. Right. Because that to me is always a thing. Because I would never want to put somebody in the ring when they ain't ready to fight. Yeah. Because then you're going to get your ass kicked. Yes. And you're going to want to go back in And again. that's not going to do anything for no. you. No. Yeah. But so many people think they're ready to get in the ring. You know, they're so eager to be in the ring because mm-hmm. that spotlight looks cool and all these people all these spectators are watching. But you forget so, you got to take a punch every yeah. now and again. And and my thing is, I'm like, and you're going to get hit. Yes. But what I'm trying to do is teach you how to block as best I can. Yeah. And, to, and also when you do swing, that you maybe land a punch. Well, listen. Um, These are sports analogies you don't understand, but I've, it's fine. I've, I've heard of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, Lynn, is a sports thing happening today? Like, yeah, yeah NBA they, finals. I, what the fuck? Man? Right. There's like who Why are you calling involved, me? What? Who? Um, and balls. Should I root for Houston? Listen. <laughs> Always root for Houston. Yes. People from the internet have things that they want to know, uh-uh, Lena. Uh-huh. And they've been asking me. Oh, okay? Jesus Christ. Uh, and I would like to ask you. Okay. So, this is from Fictionalize. Okay. That's very clever. Fictionalize. Uh, yeah. Or Fictionalize. They want to know, what does Lena's exact actual writing process look oh, like? Oh, my God. Like if a camera was on. Honestly. What is it? You know what? It's not that complicated. Because what happens is, like, I get an idea. That's, that's where it always starts. Like, mm-hmm. an idea, a thing. Uh, well, you know what? I'll use Queen as Slim, for example, because that someone pitched me an opening. Mm. That's all I had to go off of. Mm-hmm. And I went from there. But basically, James Frey was like, there's a black man, black woman. They're on a first date. It's not going that great. Not going that horribly either. They leave the date. He's giving her a ride home. They get pulled over. Uh, the cop gets very aggressive. They end up killing him with his own gun in self-defense. And mm. they decide to get in the car and go. And I took that and I said, okay, well, who who is this man and woman? Make everyone white. Have it star Judy Garland. No, shut up. A tornado touches in Kansas. <laughs> shut up. I'm going to give you the real answer. I'm going to give you the real answer. No, I'm listening. I'm so uh, so then I, we, we always sort of start with character work. So I was like, who is she? Who is he? So I was like, he should be Martin Luther King. She should be Malcolm X. Mm. And by the end of the movie, they should swap places. Yes. So that's then, how you write a script, guys. Come on. So that was really my. That's a story I want to see. That's Sorry, really I keep my first. You, tell me. That's my first thing. And then I was like, okay, and I always yes. start with what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was about like, okay, the things that I grapple with is like, do we try to bend the world or do we just try to exist? Mm-hmm. There's validity to both. But for her, she's this attorney, this uh, this defense attorney who I was sort of inspired by, uh, Brian Stevenson, who wrote this amazing book called Just Mercy, who basically dedicates his life to getting mostly young black and brown people off of death row. So I, I sort of gave that to her. And so on the night of this date, her client had been executed um, and she didn't want to be alone. And so she sort of already, her emotions are kind of running high. And he, I wanted to make him sort of an everyman. So he works like a Costco type place where his father is a manager. Mm-hmm. That's sort of who these two people are. And they get in this car, they get pulled over. And the, the pullover scene sort of really has a, a lot of things happening and she's sort of bubbling and there's all these things happening. And anyway, they kill him in self-defense and they leave and then the idea I had was, oh, what if uh, the cop they killed had been uh, acquitted of, ki- of killing an unarmed black man? Mm-hmm. Obviously unbeknownst to them. So now that, so now people think that it's a revenge killing, that they're vigilantes. And so they become sort of unwitting icons to the black community. And so now they're sort of on the sort of underground railroad, Thelma and Louise type of thing. So they run And they this, have no idea. They have no They don't know. Well, they find out later. Mm-hmm. And then he thinks that she knew that. 
you know, and she's like, no, I didn't know that. And so, so, it's a, so but ultimately they, they sort of get to know each other while being in this very heightened situation. Um, and then you have to see to see what happens in the end. But that's sort of really this thing that I wanted to, and that's why I started there. And then I sort of beaded it out. I, I, I always do very simple beats. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we have the, we have the date where I want to start with the date, just sort of like getting a bit of a, to a battle of wits and you get a sense of who she is and who he is. And then they get the pullover scene and then they get in the car and they go and then they stop and then they go to this place and then she says, okay, I've got an uncle who lives here and then they go there. Da, da, da. So it literally was just like me on a dry erase boards writing out what the beats were. Not getting super detailed, but just mm-hmm. like one sentence. Like what is the beat? What is the beat? What is the beat? So those are my guidelines and I try to make sure I hit those beats, but the other beats in between I can kind of play and there's the fun and games and all this kind of stuff. So that's what I really do is I just write the beats out and then I sit down and use the beats as my map but it's a loose map because I don't like being like constricted. Some people write these very detailed outlines. It's totally fine. I get that's their thing. I need to just have like a sentence because if I have a sentence that says we open on the first date, then boom, I'm going. You can write that I'm going to go. I'm going to write that first date, and that first date can be whatever I want it to be. And then it's like they get pulled, and then and then they're on the car for a beat, and so she sees he's got a she's, he's got a playlist, and she looks at it, and they're goofing around. He doesn't have a great sense of direction, so he's on his phone. He's using ways, and then they're sort of going back and forth, and then as they kind of have a chill moment and start to laugh, whoop whoop. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the movie shifts. Well, don't give the children all the. I don't give all the tea, but I'm just saying, and like that—that that is like, how can you find a moment of comfort and then fear, a moment of comfort and then fear, and the moment of comfort and then fear, mm-hmm. and then and then it's about them sort of just mo- finding ways and scenes and moments for them to find out things about each other, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, and that was really exciting. But that's what really what I do. I just like write beats. I did that with the shy. I did it with every like I still have beats from the pilot of the shy that are actually in the fucking pilot of the yeah. show. Um, but well, yeah, so that's I just do beats and then I go from there. Well, that that just to synthesize. First of all, thank you for that. That yeah. was brilliant. Um, but to synthesize, you know, the most the, the things that I heard was you figure out what it is. Yeah, what it is. Yeah, it's a journey mm-hmm. where Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, essentially go on a very long first date, mm-hmm. and they trade places. Yep. That's a story. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So many people don't do that step. Yeah. Some people don't do that step until after the third or fourth draft and they can't figure out why it's not working. Yeah. But that's where you start. What is the story? What's the thing that makes this and worth And the thing watching? that we do too, which is what does a character want? Mm-hmm. You know, what do they really want? And you have to always go with emotional and surface. And I always say an emotion, a surface one is I want to be famous. The emotional one is I want to be seen. Mm-hmm. So your character has to have Both. both. All right, so there you go, fictionalized. That. That's mm-hmm. how you do it. Um, okay, the next question is from someone named Kelly Rowland. Mm. Huh. Haven't heard of her. Um, Are you joking? No, I'm serious. Oh, she was gosh. like the second person to ask a question. Because Kelly's a... <laughs> she's a... She's a homie. I love Kelly. Um, anyway, she wants to know what your favorite movie of all time, question, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, I should have got is. her about that last night. Uh, um, <laughs> of all time? Of all times. Kelly, you're bogus for that because that's a very hard question. It is. I love this. Here's the truth, it. and I always give. I can't always do one. I have mm-hmm. to do multiple. Sorry, Kelly. Um, question. Um, oh, uh, that was a Destiny's Child, child reference. Um, Good for you. Come on. Good for you. Do the right thing is quintessential, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I, I just feel like it's such a beautiful stream of consciousness, and, and it's, it's literally watching an artist's like soul and spirit explode onto a movie. That's basically what that is. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it's had such a impact. 
East Bayou was really a big mm-hmm. one for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was the same age as Eve when that when I saw that movie. Yep. And it was really the moment of seeing myself and it being it being so eloquent and beautiful and about a world that I wasn't very familiar with, but me sort of being caught up in that amazing magic of New Orleans and voodoo and black women and all the things that go with that and the poeticness of, of, of the movie. And then I think, you know what? I'll throw in one that does really I keep coming back to, which is all about Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, just a story about Hollywood, a story about aging in Hollywood and about the next generation always being at your heels and not being afraid of that. It's a movie that like, I feel like nobody knows how to write anymore. Mm, I don't know how to write that movie. Because we don't, we don't come up in a studio system anymore and we don't, you just don't have that much practice. Like it takes so much practice to write something like Uh, that. Every line, every word is, is is intentional. It's perfect. It's every a perfect look, movie. every glance. I mean, just the way Betty lifts up a cigarette, the the moment in the kitchen, you know, like and there's there's so many pros in it. Like mm. there's so many things. Like you yeah. can watch it 18 times and still discover Find something, something new. new. Yeah. And I think that is the true testament of something phenomenal. Can you imagine if there were black people in those roles like back Woo! in the day where we would be right now? That's the tough thing, but the thing is, that's what I, I and I, look. I think we're both like sort of like film nerds, but mm-hmm. the thing is, when we look at those movies, it's, it reminds us of the time in which that was. Oh gosh, yeah. And that black people couldn't exist in those spaces. You know, I was watching on Filmstruck before. I'm going to have one more question from the internet, mm-hmm. but uh, I was watching on Filmstruck. There's like a thing called Cartoon Roots on it right now, oh. which is like the cartoons that led to Mickey Mouse and oh, wow. Looney Tunes and all that cool. stuff. But the very first one, it's like 1907. It was. Mm-hmm like a sensation. It was mm-hmm. the first time that people saw real animation on film mixed with live action. It was a whole oh, like it was a huge huge thing. It's the first thing a part of this collection the beginning of animation and film. Wow. And the first thing you see is a person paint the word coon. What? And then make a like ape looking black person out of the word coon. What? And then they draw the word Cohen and they make this horrible Jewish figure out of that Whoa. that's where we began wow that's what people don't get we also man. began with birth of a nation i mean oh, yeah birth of where... a nation is is more known you know right. famously yeah, racist yeah, yeah. huge transformational film but the roots of any american entertainment form particularly film is so linked with to wind, like minstrelsy yeah. and slavery and like we just got to start being humans like in mm. the last decade. That's real. You know, like we've been having to be servants and then pimps and oh, then yeah. best friends. Like uh-huh. it's taken a really long time to get to a place where a movie like Moonlight can even open in oh, theaters yeah. like yeah. from a distributor. And sometimes we menstrualize, we, we sort of, we do this like menstrual show thing to ourselves. Yeah. Lena, oh, so do you, how do you enjoy being the voice of all black people? That's the, that's the issue. It's like, it's, the thing is, it's like, I, there's, everybody has a different experience with their blackness. Every single black person has a unique experience with their blackness. Um, and has a unique experience in this world. So I think it's unfortunate. Fair to put that on any black person. You know, I think the reason why you have the Tyler Perry, Spike Lee conversation is because there's this element of like, it goes back to, um, you know, Booker T. Washington, W.B. Du Bois. You know what I'm saying? It's always, there's always, or Malcolm X and Martin, there's a constant debate of who should we be in the world? How should we present? And there's always that thing of we should be rebels and rage against the machine. And there's others that should say we should be docile and blend into the background. Like, I, there is no right or wrong. 
wrong answer. I, I just think for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to write the shy the way I write the shy because I feel like that's that's a thing that I see. Um, and that's what I want to portray because there's this element of like looking down on a group of people because they aren't of a certain ilk or don't come from this certain place. Um, but that doesn't mean I have anything against, you know, uh, upperly mobile black people. It's also like to me, it's like I love Minister Society and Boys in the Hood, but I love Minister Society a little bit more because they killed the protagonist in the end. You know what I'm saying? It's like what, all the shit that Kane was doing that movie caught up to him. And Boys in the Hood, Trey got out the car. Trey had a father. Trey had somebody like looking out for him. You know, Trey's girlfriend was a virgin. Like there was this, there's this thing about that movie that's sort of like still wrapped up in uh, this idea that black folks can be good. Men of society said like, but no, we also have the right to be bad. Mm-hmm. We have the right to be villains. We've earned that. So I always sort of live somewhere in between. Like I'm not, and I think that there's also this weird thing too when I'm writing and I'm doing a thing, I'm like, ooh, is that, is that okay? But then I got to like get rid of that because I can't have somebody be, you know, on that. It's interesting because like, for example, and I, I um, and I'll, I'll, I'll it's, okay, I'll talk about this and maybe, I don't know if you got to cut it. Oh, I don't give a shit, whatever. I'm be real. Yes. So, so for don't Queen at and, her. For Queen and Slim, you know, I... And I'm not alone in this. For Queen, I think we'd like the character to be American-born, brown skin, and a fresh-faced chick with preferably natural hair. That's what. That's a beautiful vision, in my opinion. So there's a lot of agents that don't have clients that look like that, right? So we have to put in the breakdown. We got to like play and make sure that things we trying to like get clear of what we're looking for. And mind you, everybody can read. It's all good. But there's a thing that I tend to do in my action lines without saying a thing, but I'm alluding to it, where I may say. If she were a slave, she would have worked in the fields. So okay. you know what that that's means, good. right? That's so there was like someone that saw that on a breakdown and was like, well, that's offensive. And I was like, I don't think so because my ancestors would have worked in the fields. I am not light mm. enough. I would not have been in the house. Nor would my attitude would have allowed me to be. <laughs> no, it would not have. So I don't find that offensive. Right. You know? Because... Uh, that's where my ancestors would have been. You know, we are not of the lighter ilk, so to speak, right? Um, but also, no, I'm not like brown. No one would consider me dark skinned. I'm like, I think I'm sort of in the middle. Uh, but you like but, how I like my coffee? Perfect. Just a little cream. Little bit. You know, little bit. Some Splenda, maybe. But I say that to say is that somebody could be offended by that. I'm not. That's how I'm choosing to 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 articulate what I'm looking for in a person. It, and but people may say and that's and that's valid. A person may be offended by it. It's totally valid. And we have a little dialogue about it. But I say that to say is that I don't want to be the voice of all black people. I'm the voice of this black person. And if other black people appreciate that, then wonderful. If not, cool cool. Don't at me. And it's yes. KCRW, that's the trailer. Yeah. Okay. I think we know that. Um, final question from the internet. Yep. Nola.Nicole. Come on, Nola. Wants to know, which living single character do you most identify with? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like everyone knows the answer to that question. I, uh, Maxine? This a, you know what? I'll go half. Who I'll I do Maxine and, a, and, and, and Khadijah, and I'm yeah. dating Regine, apparently, or something. <laughs> Yes, I'm you gonna, are kind of dating regime. I'm gonna date date regime. I'm here for that. Regine. I'm for sure Maxine. Just, yeah, you are. Yeah. 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 With a hint of Kyle. You know what? <laughs> 
<laughs> that is shade that I will not receive <laughs> on Kyle's behalf. Ah, come on, TC. <laughs> I'll take it. Thank you, Lena Way. Thank you, Justin Simeon. Mm. And thank you all. Yeah, you just listened to the first Don't At Me Live featuring Lena Way. Yeah, I hope it was... I hope it was good for you. I would like to thank producers Gina Delvac and yes. Carrie Hart. Thank y'all. For Clap for them. It. Yeah. And it's Kara Hart, okay? I messed up the first time. It's oh, Gina Delvac Justin, and Kara Hart. I would also up. like to thank KCRW, head of programming Gary Scott. I'd like to thank them as well. He has fantastic hair. Clap for him. Special thanks to Vishnu Valabanani, who's yes, my assistant, Vishnu. and y'all. Yes. Cheers Vishnu for Vishnu. Is uh, Aisha Lomax and everybody at Film Independent, the LA Film Festival, and Arclight Culver City. Our theme song is done by the fabulous Chris Bowers. Get into it. You can find me at jsim07, every on all the things. Where can they find you, Lena? You can find, you put in Lena Way, it'll all pop up. It'll all pop up. Lena's famous, guys. For real, rate, <laughs> rate review, and subscribe. We really, really love and need your support. Yeah. Uh, I'm Justin Simeon, and we'll be back in the studio next week with another episode of Don't At Me from the one and only KCRW. Yeah. Yeah.